Welcome to Day Zero Update for November 27th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Logi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Filippo Donolfo. Back again. Yeah, Phil's back and kind of more on a more permanent basis. Uh, yes, hang around, hang around a bit more, do some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of trying to get everybody back in the writing moon mindset, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. As we end the year, uh, kind of get us started off pretty well for the next year, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the idea. It's like, uh, like I didn't really realize uh, when I was leaving that uh, I'd basically be leaving you guys in a lurch as far as uh, anything technical goes. So while I saw that you guys had a lot of ideas going on, didn't have anybody to actually make them happen. Yeah. So yeah. that was kind of a problem. <laughs> So, and I uh, think we also hit a bit of a funk as far as writing, just not a lot of stuff coming out that we were playing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the pandemic actually put pretty much everybody into a funk, if we're honest. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, it was pretty depressing. I mean, it's still technically going on, but at least it's a bit more manageable now. So, you know, uh, we're mostly at a state of normalcy now, so at least we can start doing stuff that we used to enjoy. So, you know, yep. that's, yeah. that's becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. And your president is talking about drag shows like ours is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now that I, that, I is, not... that is the biggest topic in the world, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, because there's nothing else going on that's important, apparently. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> And definitely nothing going on in the gaming industry right now. Yeah. As we are in a little funk of news, though I think that's because everybody's waiting for the Game Awards for the yeah. most part. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of announcements coming out of that, I'm sure. And, uh, and well, everybody's getting ready to go home for the holidays, let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they got all the games coming out in the first three months of next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a big deal. They got to make sure they finish those. Yeah. Yep. Crunch time. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was trying to look at releases for December, and there's definitely a decent amount there. Uh, the Callisto Protocol that... is just a few days away, and uh, yep. I know a lot of people are looking forward to that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's that. Need for Speed Unbound is December 2nd. Marvel's Midnight Suns is December 2nd. Yeah. Which is yeah. just weird. Have yeah. all those games come out at once. I don't think their audiences really intersect, so it's probably okay. But Yeah. Uh, there might not be a Need for Speed audience anymore. <laughs> we will see how the sales do with uh, with this one. Yeah. I'll definitely be checking out the EA Play version, that, the trial. Yeah. It's almost uh, worth getting Game Pass Ultimate just for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Wavetail. What is Wavetail? Oh, that's the game that was a Stadia exclusive. Mm-hmm. And then... Google shut that down. They're like, well, we should put this on everything. <laughs> and they are. Yeah. All the PlayStation, Xboxes, Switch, and PC. That's the 12th. Oh, yeah. Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Everybody's ex- favorite Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the 13th, but that looks like that'll be neat. Uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. High on Life. Uh, the mm-hmm. Justin Roiland Borderlands ish kind of game. Yep. Uh, let's see. Yeah. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, their new console and PC version. Yeah, the enhanced one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. Akka, that's for the Switch and PC. That is uh, that's that little fox exploration game. 
yeah. kind of thing. That's neat. Uh, uh, yeah, I, w- right. I will play that just on principle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see what else is here. There's Resident Evil 7 Biohazard for the Switch. Let's play that with the cloud. Mm-hmm. I was playing the other two, the demos, that they have the cloud demos, and trying to see if I can get to an enemy before the demo ends. Mm. I don't think I got to either one to an enemy, <laughs> so that's good. Oh, that Choo Choo Charles game is supposed to be out December 9th with the the scary train. Yeah. Spider train that chases yeah. you around. So, yeah, it's like, nope. It's like, just nope. get fucked. Uh, nope. <laughs> Valkyrie Profile Lenneth is finally releasing after supposedly, was supposed to come out alongside the other game, Valkyrie Elysium, but they delayed mm-hmm. this one. So now you can get it outright, or if you got the special edition for the Elysium, yeah. you can get it there as well. Um, what else? The the new expansion for Resident Evil Village is out the second. Or that's just for the Switch. Okay. Mm. Uh, f- yeah, that's kind of its inscriptions coming to the Switch on the first. Uh, what else is still coming out this month here? There's Soccer Story. That's mm-hmm. going to be on Game Pass and everything else. Uh, Front Mission First Remake is on the Switch November 30th. Mm-hmm. Gundam Evolution comes out on the PlayStation's and Xboxes. If you need an Overwatch, that is an Overwatch. Yeah, uh, it's a Gundam Overwatch game. Yeah, I guess Dark Tide is officially out on the thirtieth. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Some some games to look out for yeah. the rest of this month mm-hmm. and next. Yeah, but and then um, Jeff Keighley will have a whole bunch more to drop on our laps. So. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to see there. I think we'll be doing a co-stream, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we got some news this week. Uh, a couple of release dates here for things. Uh, we got China news for Sony. As yep. They had one of their events over there talking uh-huh. about stuff. Uh, we got a new controller you can use on an Xbox uh, Series X and S and a PC. Uh, that's mm-hmm. going to be familiar, I guess. Yep. Uh, and we had two games released earlier this month that became the fastest selling games in. Uh, to the platform right. holders' history. Yep. So they made all the money. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we got the, the latest update on the Mick Gordon v. Bethesda beef. Yep. Yeah, uh, I, I have Bethesda, thoughts. Yeah, it makes Bethesda look like uh, petty assholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to that stuff. But, yeah, not too much this week, but we got a bunch of games to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'll kick it off here. Uh, been playing a bunch, streaming a bunch of these games as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Centennial Case, a Shijima story. This is a Square Enix full motion video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of a higher budget one of those. Mm. Uh, that is about a murder mystery of, well, it's sort of an old mur- murder mystery as uh, this person whose uh, family finds the skeleton, this really cheap looking skeleton buried in under a tree that's like blooms every hundred years or whatever that signifies mm-hmm. some some significance. Uh, I forget what it, exactly, but uh, like, well, what happened with this skeleton? Why is there a skeleton in this tree? Kind of thing. It's like, oh, they transition into a story, uh, a book that's uh, this character is that this uh, writer who writes like mystery novels is asked to investigate mm-hmm. this whole thing uh, before the cops get involved. And uh, she ends up reading a story that she is told isn't is despite it being framed as like a mystery novel is like a real story about uh, the link to this family, the Shijima mm-hmm. family. 
so you're kind of doing that in your first chapter. I think there's five chapters, so it seems fairly lengthy. Yeah. Anywhere from like 10 to 15 hours of yeah. stuff. Uh, in that, there's this whole weird thing that happened about 100 years ago uh, involving these like handful of people that come together to bring like potentially uh, these items that could give you m- immortality. Yeah, but most likely won't. But one of them's like a, a supposedly living mummy. There's like a a sword that I don't. I forget what it does specifically. There's like dragon's blood and a couple other things. And somebody dies in the process. Yeah, of this stuff being put away. And then there's like, oh, did this mummy come to life and do this thing? And then uh, who did it? What's going on? This is all pretty weird. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's about where I got to the point of where I got to start accusing people. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but the like gameplay aspect of it is you make some choices along the way. They ask you questions or whatever. Mm. Uh, but the main thing is you are kind of gathering clues as you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're just pop-ups with like the triangle button, like, oh, here's a clue. And you're like, oh, okay. But once you get to the, like your inner mind, like putting t- these clues together to form hypotheses, uh, mm-hmm. it collects them all either way, but I think it's for like trophy purposes or whatever to try and collect as many as you can. Yeah. Uh, but then you get to the hypotheses and it presents, you know, some basic questions of like, what's going on here. And you start linking clues together. And luckily I think there's an option to make it more hardcore to figure it out yourself, but then you can just have it a little guide and puts uh, little symbols on the clues. So you can, link them to the specific thing more easily versus yeah. having to reason it out. Um, and that just kind of keeps going uh, on and on. You might have to, uh, you know, finish one and then it presents like, well, what a, you know, another thought that needs to be resolved, that kind of thing. Going on. Yeah. That kind of takes a bit of time, especially because it reasons out everything as your character is sort of reasoning things out like, Oh, who, who could have done it? Those are the different characters and all that kind of stuff. It's a little bit tedious on that part of it, but the the rest of it's all pretty well done. And you can do save states pretty easily. So if you just want to, you're not 100% sure what you're doing, you can do a save state and then go in and make a decision like, oh, I fucked that up. I'll just revert back to the save state kind of thing. So it makes it all pretty easy to deal with. Uh, but yeah, I got that for 30 bucks instead of 50. So I was like, oh yeah, I wanna wanted to check that game out because I was like, what is the Square Enix uh, full motion video game look like. Uh, well, I'm glad that after the like the debacle of the Quiet Man, that they didn't just stop doing experimental stuff. Because uh, yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah, the dev on that game is one that's worked on like the Neo, the World Ends with You, and Dragon Quest stuff, and some Bandai Namco stuff. They've been a support studio for a long time, and also made some games outright on their own and this is sort of mm-hmm. a big, big their next big one for them mm-hmm. so that's good see they're called hand but uh with periods between all the letters so mm. uh you can look through their history for that uh let's see the next one i streamed i did a little stream of just playing these three random games i got for cheap um a super lami hoob adventure uh it is based on an old french comic mm-hmm. uh marsupilami cool. Uh, which is like oh, a marsupial yeah. character that has like a, a weirdly long tail. Yep. Uh, 
And this game is basically Donkey Kong Country. Uh-huh. Uh, you can roll through grass to like destroy it, and you get uh, fruit as your coins or bananas uh-huh. here. You just get this generic kind of fruit. Uh, it's really easy. I have like 40 lives right now in still in the first world. Uh, you can just get them constantly. Mm. Uh, it hasn't been too challenging. I'm on the normal difficulty. I could bump it up one more to get it more difficult, but uh, I'm not really looking for that. I kind of enjoy yeah. being chill. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you have your wall jumps in there. You have your barrel equivalents. Equivalents are these birds that essentially yeah. swallow you up and then spit you out. Uh, and some of those will you know, wait for you to pick the right angle for it to shoot at. Yeah, that kind of stuff. You're trying to collect five feathers in each stage, instead of you know names, uh, letters, uh, that kind of stuff. It's all kind of a lot of the same hallmarks of the more the recent Donkey Kong games. Uh, so that's a game that's uh, was three dollars on the PS4. Uh, they do have a PS5 version. Of course, they're not going to give that to you for free. Uh, it's a thirty bucks normal price. So I was like, I'll just get the PS4 version. Uh, who cares? Uh, so I'm yeah, fine on the PS5 anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's not a game that's doing anything to tax any hardware it should be on. Hmm. Uh, so that's one I definitely recommend checking out. Uh, there's I Hate Running Backwards, which is a Devolver digital game. Mm. Um, and when I was doing the search for this title, there's like a, an alternate titled Serious Sam I Hate Running Backwards. Yeah, uh, I guess it's technically set in the Serious Sam universe. Because the first stage's boss is the big scorpion gun king, yeah, dude. Uh, and yeah, as this, it's like a reverse shmup where you're running to the top of the screen as enemies are running at you from the bottom. Hmm. You know, like the the screaming headless bomb dudes, yeah, uh, and a bunch of other enemies that are shooting at you. But you also have other Devolver Digital characters involved as well that you can unlock. Uh, and I think the first one I unlocked was uh, Lo Wang uh, from the... No mess with Lo Wang. Yeah. Uh, and I believe they have others like from other Devolver digital games. So that one was the the least enjoyable one of those. Yeah. Uh, I played. It's like bog standard roguelike kind of game. Oh. And it's, you know, just fairly decent for what it is. It has a decent like change of pace. Uh, kind of the way that it's set up. But for the most part, it feels like one of those kind of games. Uh, mm. But it was like three bucks, so I was like, that eh, wasn't a huge waste of time or money mm. on that. Uh, and then the other one was Garbage Pail Kids. I think it's Mad Mike. Um, look at what the name is. Mad Mike and the Quest for Stale Gum. Uh, this is a uh, digital clips game. Mm-hmm. I think there's also another studio that worked on it as well that made probably most of the game stuff, but it's supposedly the most uh, controversial NES game uh, that ever uh, was being made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so they got banned in several countries and they tried to destroy copies of it and all this. And so this is being unearthed for the first time and being released. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, uh, so it very much is just like a, an NES game and style and all that. Uh, though it, plays way more smoothly than an NES game ever would. Mm. Uh, so you can definitely see ways that's like, if you're ever questioning whether this was a real game or not beforehand, it's like, no, this wasn't. It has difficulty options. And like the easiest one just gives you infinite lies. It's like, there's no NES game that'll ever do that. 
Yeah, not uh, a code anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, most NES games didn't even have difficulties. Yeah. Uh, and that just determines how many lives you have. Uh, but it's TMNT-like, where you have a crew of four of the Garbage Pail Kids uh, that you're working with, and when one dies, uh, they are out of the game. I don't know if there's a method for bringing them back in, uh, but you have one of the kids is more of like a, a I assume they're Mad Mike. They're like a Mad Max kind of dude. They have like an axe and all that kind of stuff to do, melee attacks. Mm-hmm. There's like a bouncing baby that's kind of, I saw somebody describe it as like, oh, it's the Luigi of the game. Like it's a Super Mario Brothers 2 kind of thing. It's like, I guess it just bounces around and it's real annoying and doesn't attack enemies too too well. The other mm. way you can tell it's not an actual NES game is the enemies don't respawn as soon as you go right off of their spawn screen. Uh, they don't just constantly spawn in. Uh, you just kill them and they are just that for a while. Uh, they're just dead for a while. So, um, well, another one's one that just shoots boogers out of her nose. Uh, yeah. So that's a good like range shot. Mm. Uh, and the last one vomits, and that's kind of more of a downward angle shot. Mm. Uh, so you can kind of get some some reach on that, uh, especially for air shots, kind of thing. But yeah, it's a game that supposedly uh, didn't come out on the NES because it was too controversial, as the garbage pail kids were kind of designed to be. Uh, but the it plays pretty well. It has all the same kind of features that the TMNT collection has. Yeah. Which is funny. If you watch the video, I'm like, man, I thought there'd be rewind and save states in this. And I realized, oh, that's the R1 button. Same as on the TMNT collection. <laughs> I, was hitting, I was hitting every other button. Uh, but that one. Uh, so I was like, oh, I could, I could have survived some of these deaths and all that. And it's like, eh, whatever. And you can also just jump into a playthrough, though that disables all achievements and trophies. Yeah. If you try to continue from that. Um, and supposedly they're going to add a documentary to this. That is the the whole story behind this game, or the the mythical NES game. Yeah. Uh, behind it, that is all pretty well done. You get a trailer in the game for right now. That's all talking about them burying it in a landfill and burning it, and shooting into space or whatever. All this ridiculous stuff. Uh, it's pretty fun the way that they do that stuff. But yeah, that's another one of those neat digital clips uh, releases that that's being published by I Am Eight Bit. So they're selling like actual physical NES version that you can have on your NES, yeah. Uh, if you want, uh, so yeah, that's that's a pretty neat game. That was a ten dollar game. I got it for uh, eight forty nine, so a little bit of discount, but it was a pretty neat, pretty neat pitch for a pro- for a property that I do not give a shit about. Mm. I was never a garbage pail kids person. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there's that. Then I got Soundfall. This is one of a few indie games that are like half off. Uh, it was pretty recent. Soundfall is a rhythm dual stick shooter that is loot based as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So you get loot to upgrade your weapons and uh, defense and some other stuff. Uh, but you're supposed to shoot your weapons on the beat as well as dash and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it has like ratings for each of the stages that are like, you know, finish the stage, finish it, you know, before and it's playing a song while it's going. So you're one of the goals is to beat the stage before the song ends. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it just starts over again. I haven't been able to finish any of them because I'm just trying to get loot and beat enemies and get XP and all that kind of stuff out of it. Uh, that one's totally fine. It's full, totally serviceable. Uh, one of those kind of games. 
Uh, it doesn't let you mess with the loot until you get out of the level. Yeah. So it's that kind of loot-based game. It's like collect everything, and then when you're done, <laughs> yeah, then you can do something with it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the the beat stuff is hard to do. Well, it's especially hard to do when I'm trying to stream it because I'm putting it through an Elgato, uh, and trying to do the calibration through that. And it's like, oh, it's like 190 and 185 for audio and video. It's like, oh, good. That's great. Well, that's, that's great. That's a lot of lag. <laughs> uh, it was mostly playable because it doesn't really matter. Hmm. You get, because if your gun's strong enough, it's just going to kill them. Yeah. Either way, it's just a, a lesser shot when it's off the beats. But then you can get like automatic weapons that if you just keep shooting them while it's, you know, technically not on the beat, it'll just fill up this uh, stamina meter. And once it's full, you can't shoot for a little bit. So it's like this thing, just kind of feather it off and on. Uh, but there's a bunch of different kinds of guns. There's like a quarterizer and a 16-erizer. And, uh, a beatbox that's kind of like a shotgun kind of thing. It has a decent bit of variety in the way that they uh, yeah. generate. Uh, and I've seen two different elemental versions of guns. One has like a, a lightning version, so you shoot an enemy. Uh, it has a chance of you know, shooting damage over to one of the nearby enemies kind of thing. Uh, and a different one was for uh, slowing them down, kind of an ice attack kind of thing that w- worked pretty well. Uh, though the other thing that kind of makes it feel like a, a bit of a grind and not super great is that the, like the every stage in the first world is kind of a remix of each other. Okay. Uh, you're kind of seeing a lot of the same kinds of areas over and over again. They just may be put together differently. Uh, I don't think it's randomly generated. It's just like there's a finite amount of pieces and you're like, oh yeah, okay, there's this. And then it branches off here and there's a a loot crate back over in this area kind of thing. So it's kind of one of those things. Uh, pretty neat idea, just maybe not the uh, the tightest game overall. Mm. Uh, but it's satisfying. Mm. Uh, but it's not like metal-based or anything. It just plays different kinds of songs. Yeah. Like they're all probably <laughs> cheap cheap songs it's a license out Uh, but they're all pretty decent for what they are though not so much because if you fail a level you get booted out and have to start over again it's like oh god I gotta hear that song another time maybe twice because if I don't finish it fast enough yeah, Uh, that kind of stuff but for the most part it's it's solid Uh, then I got various day life streamed that yesterday Uh, that is one of the square, one of the fifteen Square Enix releases of the the fall quarter. Mm. Uh, that one released, I think, the day that they announced it at the Nintendo Direct or whatever it was. Uh, that is a. It used to be a mobile game. Mm. It was an Apple Arcade game, um, but now it's on consoles and PC. And the weird thing, I got it on PC because I got it for a little bit cheaper than it was on sale everywhere else, uh, for about like sixteen bucks, seventeen bucks. Um, so it's kind of a mix of maybe Persona and Bravely Default a little bit. Uh, Persona because you've got like a daily uh, calendar. You're able to do just work or hang out with people in your party. Uh, not really doing anything too interesting with that stuff. It's just like, oh, do you want to go hang out at the tavern or at the, the restaurant or do this or that, and they have different money costs associated with that. So it's not just like a free, let's go hang out kind of thing. You're spending money for this stuff that'll have different boosts to your stats 
Um, and as you're doing various things, you get different boosts to your stats uh, throughout, and that affects your uh, how you do in the fight, uh, fighting stuff when you go on expeditions. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a pretty decent game, but it just kind of feels like there's not as much of a pull to it like a Persona game would have, where you got mm. some sort of overlying mystery or story thing going on. Whereas here, it's like we've all colonized this new world and we need to explore more of it because mm. we don't know much of anything here. Mm. Uh, then you find like this spring that lets you essentially fast travel across the continent and like, well, this is some weird shit. We need to figure out what's going on here. Mm. Uh, this could uh, lead to some bad stuff. Mm. We don't make sure we know whatever's going on here. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, the battle system has the three chas, uh, which is like change the battles, the the state of the enemy. So I give them some sort of uh, status change. Um, what is it? Chain, which is to chain attacks and build up like a chain that leads to more damage. And then I heard the last cha is for it's like uh, it's for basically finishing them off. Um, and you'll see people's attacks being uh, labeled as like, you know, change or chain or whatever. Uh, so you can kind of chain them up together as you go kind of thing. So you're not doing like what Bravely Default has, which is your braving or defaulting, which is sort mm-hmm. of spanking turns or spending turns mm-hmm. uh, that you've got banked up, that kind of thing. Uh, here it's more trying to chain all this stuff together, uh, though it's a bit rough at first because you have basically no MP no mana to spend on these uh, attacks that do this stuff. Uh, so you kind of have to grind for a bit to get money to get everybody outfitted with better gear and then these accessories that'll give you more mana uh, and health and all that stuff so you can last through them more uh, more than you would uh, otherwise, especially because initially I didn't even understand the the main screen for setting up your team. So I ended up launching, despite having four people, uh, I launched into my first expedition with just my main character because mm. uh, I didn't uh, technically add my other members to my team. I was like, why is this so hard? What the hell are the other people doing? And I was like, oh, I didn't even add them. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is much easier with four people uh, instead of one person kind of dinking around. You could do that, I guess. Um, but yeah, the uh, it's basically a lot of that kind of stuff. Just like, ah, oh, we got to grind out and do jobs, and uh, you can switch jobs. There's a bunch of that stuff to it. Um, well, it's like hanging out with people, and that'll boost things, and managing all your stats, and trying to get to high enough XP to uh, levels and all that kind of stuff to take on the next big expedition you have available to you. So it's a lot of that kind of stuff. It's pretty solid for what it is, but it's not anything amazing okay. to it. So it's a game that I'd say is like worth like fifteen bucks or less hmm. uh, if you can get it in one, one of those kind of games. Uh, unfortunately for them, uh, there's going to be two Persona games coming out next in uh, January, so mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be more reasons for people not to play this one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, let's see another game I got, Trombone Champ. Uh, so one mm-hmm. of the big meme PC games that has come out where you are playing a rhythm game that's all about playing the trombone. Uh, the way you play it is you have you control it with your mouse and you are getting these notes coming across uh, side scrolling uh, from the right side and you just uh, move your cursor to the right 
uh, pitch for the trombone and you're, you know, push the mouse button to play and then let go when the, uh, the note ends, that kind of thing. Uh, very basic, but it's a more challenging thing than you would expect. Yeah. Uh, when you get the mouse involved. Yeah. Uh, they do let you use uh, the keyboard as well. So you can just use that for playing. Oh. Uh, uh, but it's a game that very much knows how silly it is. Cause especially it, it starts like a dark souls game. Uh, the kind of prophecy stuff going on. Uh, there's the whole section of the, of the game called baboon. There's like dark figure clouded in darkness. And you're like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, and yeah, as you complete songs and do well, you get toots. It's your currency. Uh, and then you take it and you spend it on sacks, which have cards in them. Uh, mm-hmm. and all the cards, uh, a lot of the cards are based on famous trombonists in history. I don't know if they're real trombonists or fake ones they've made up, uh, but all the the descriptions on the cards describes how many hot dogs they could eat. So <laughs> just this, uh, a silly thing. Um, if you get duplicates, you can turn those into turds that you can use to form new cards, uh, you know, as you would expect. Uh, there's also like a secret thing there. You can make a trade with the devil for cards. For other cards, I don't know what the that whole thing's about. There's there's a lot of hit, silly hidden stuff in this. Mm. That's about as it's pretty well done for the the basic gameplay, and then it has a lot of a lot of silly stuff to add uh, more value to it uh, elsewhere. So that's a game that's pretty fun to play. Mm. And all it has in its soundtrack is a lot of public domain stuff. And it's like the happy birthday song, uh, not that happy birthday song, but it goes into like extra lines and all that. Maybe that is part of a version of a happy birthday song. There's like, take me out to the ballpark or take me out to the ball game or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. And there's like extra lyrics in that. I didn't know or a thing. They might not be, uh, they'll have some remixes, some, some classical music kind of stuff, uh, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's a fun time. Uh, then what else? I finished tiny kin. Uh, I went back to that. I finished mm, like two thirds of it and kind of went back in the past day or so to, try to play more of it and finish it and uh, finish the initial things I needed to do. And then it opened up one last stage and that was just a, a blog just basically explained like everything that's going on story-wise uh, and just like, that. Ah. then when you finish that, you just launch back in like right at the beginning of that area. So you can just leave and go try to get all the other collectible stuff you missed uh, for that. So that was a good time. Definitely recommend it if you're into 3D platformers, especially collectathon 3D platformers. Mm. Uh, that is a good one of those. Uh, and the last one, just been playing more God of War Ragnarok. Uh, I am in a about like 10 or 11 hours in, I think, at mm. this point. Yeah, I've heard uh, nothing but good things about that game. Yeah, enjoying it a lot. Uh, it's definitely a lot like the first game, uh, which oh, yeah. some people are taking as a negative. And for me, it's like, no, I like that game a lot. I want mm-hmm. more of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because, you know, with these kind of games, sequels rarely ever take place in the same areas. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like Yakuza games do that. Uh, that really helps fill out the the feeling of the world. Although here, things are a bit ajar because Fimble Winter has started, uh, which leads into Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You're going to plenty of new places, but I have gone to some familiar places from the first game. Like, oh shit, this is this is this place I just played like a month or so ago when I finished up the first game before this game came out. Uh, so yeah, 
still liking that a lot. And uh, that's pretty much it for me. So how about you, Brandon? Uh, well, as for me, um, I am just about finished with Persona 5 Royal. Um, I'm just about getting to the point where I'm fighting the final boss for that one. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm at the... So like Persona 5 Royal, I think I mentioned this already, but I'll go ahead and say it again. Um, it's not just a retread of the original. They actually added like a whole like new part to the game um, that actually goes like past where the original ends, sort of. Um, I don't, don't want to give it away because it's kind of convoluted, but um, essentially you have to get like three various key characters. You have to get their your sort of confidant status with them up to a certain point. You don't necessarily have to max it out, but you do have to get it. Well, one of them you do have to max it out, um, but the other two you have to get it pretty high up. Um, but then what happens is if you do that, then the point where what the game's original last boss was, after you finish him, there's that event where you have to turn yourself in uh, in order to you know give your testimony so that she go go to prison. Something happens um, if you manage to get all those things finished, um, and suddenly the game goes into a rather eccentric direction after that. Um, it's pretty pretty fascinating stuff, um, because it sort of takes sort of the idea of the original sort of like Yaldabaoth, who was the original like big bad of the original Persona 5, and then they decide to replace him later with a character that's actually been there like pretty much the whole time into your new protagonist, but he goes about it in a very different way. And it kind of, in some odd way, kind of deconstructs the whole concept of like the Phantom Thieves in general. Um, but it's really fascinating stuff. Um, also very hard, too. Um like, uh, Persona 5 is not necessarily the easiest game in the world, but the new parts they add on are actually fairly difficult compared to the rest of the game. Mostly because, like, even the base enemies that you have to fight in that part are, like, much stronger. And also a lot of them are, like, impervious to physical attacks, which means that you have to use your uh, special skills even more, which drains, you know, your your skill powers and stuff like that. So you end up using a lot of your resources there and the, but uh, yeah, so that's the one. Um, the other thing that I've been playing is vampire survivors. Um, and vampire survivors is like one of those games where it's like, it's really hard to describe to a person why you would want to play it because on paper, it doesn't seem all that appealing. Um, it's essentially a twin stick shooter where one of the sticks have been removed. So the only, you only have one stick and that one stick is used entirely for movement. Everything else, your attacks and all that is done automatically. Um, which doesn't seem like much, but essentially all of your, it, the, it, Every you have like a sequence of characters that you can choose from, and there's like more characters you can get as the game goes on. Um, but you have to use like the in-game currency to get them. Um, and I don't mean like at a 
gotcha game type way. I mean, it's very obvious what's there. Um, and you are essentially moving around a plane that is, uh, it could be like the first one, it looks like, like an infinite plane. It's not really the second level is like a giant library where there's like infinite movement on the right and left and on and on. And every character that you start with starts off with a singular attack. Um, and the game is basically like pure Castlevania worship. So basically, like the basic four characters you start out with is basically the characters from um, Castlevania Three, but like XBs of them. Um, so like one guy is one guy is clearly Belmont, and you know the other is clearly Alucard, and on and on. And so like the Belmont clone that you play. His first and only attack to start off with is a whip. And you never actually see him, you know, crack the whip. It's just a thing that appears on the screen that looks like whip movement. And it it, it happens like every couple of seconds. Like one, two, three, crack the whip. One, two, three, whip crack. Um, But what you do is you use this attack to kill the enemies that come to you. And these enemies, some of them will drop these blue crystals. And what those blue crystals are is they are what is used to level up and um, strengthen the equipment you have. If not, get new equipment, period. Um, And, like, the amount that is needed to, you know, get that new upgrade that is needed, you know, it grows every time. And the game will go from, like, putting, like, individual enemies at you to like throwing waves and waves of them at you and eventually you know your attacks will go from like okay now i got a whip crack and then it's it's actually the fairly like bog standard like classic castlevania type weapon like items so there's like a throwing axe there's you know the blue potion there's the um garlic that basically emits like a deadly force field um, you know, the crucifix that acts like a boomerang, you know, that type of thing. But it's all automatic, and it's all, like, like the axe, for example, can, like, it can, like, either be thrown by the character, or it can, like, like fall from, like, the top of the screen downward. And as it goes on, as the game goes on, it just peels back more and more layers of what you thought was possible. What seems at first to be, like, a completely random, like, scrolling plane eventually as you go on you'll eventually find a map a map feature which means you can now go back to those older uh levels and you'll be able to find out no there's actually items that are out on the map that you can pick up there are places where you can find like coffins where like the other characters you can access are sleeping and if you get rid of all the enemies that are guarding the coffin you can actually open the coffin up and they will suddenly be playable um there's like way there's like places in the area that you can attack and it'll set off like a chain reaction that'll kill like a bunch of enemies um it's stuff like that and and it just it's it's very like emergent gameplay essentially and the game is far more entertaining than it has any right to be i'm definitely interested i think i need to check this out yeah um it's free on uh xbox Game Pass, um, and it's also on Steam, I'm pretty sure, and it's fairly cheap, too. It's not a whole, whole lot. Yeah, it's um, like and five bucks. In, 
Hmm. Yeah, they've been quietly updating it like fairly regularly since they started, since, you know, it came out. So they're still like putting new stuff in there. Um, and it's, it's actually funny because apparently when this game first premiered, they like actually, I mentioned how this game is basically pure Castlevania worship. Apparently when the game first came out in like beta form, they actually use like straight ripped um, sprites from Castlevania as like stand-ins for like the actual character art. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's definite uh, Castlevania worship and you can tell, but it's a whole lot of fun. Um, And extremely, and for what sounds like something incredibly easy to play, you would be surprised how difficult it can be. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's what I've been playing. What about you, Phil? Uh, so, as uh, should come, there's no surprise to anybody. I've been playing uh, PC Building Simulator 2. Uh, no. Uh, oh. <laughs> so what are they doing with this one? Uh, it's basically a complete overhaul of the game. It's uh, been it, There's a lot been refined. Uh, the campaign is all new. There's a lot more variety. Uh, you've got uh, the ability to actually install your own water blocks instead of using the pre-made ones and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, better, more benchmarking options, more customization options. You can like paint your cases now and put stickers and apply uh, vinyl themes to uh, computers. And it's uh, there's a whole lot of good stuff in there, and uh, the story is completely ridiculous. As uh, Platonic is uh, not Platonic, Mediatonic. Uh, I made sure to actually get that right in the review. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they're they they're they're known for their writing. So. Uh, yeah, the story in there is actually quite fun. Uh, Uncle Tim is a scumbag. I'll just say that right away. Mm. Yeah, so I've been playing that one. Uh, apart from that, uh, what else have I been doing? Well, catching up on uh, the site work. Uh, basically, there's been uh, a whole lot of updates that needed to happen in the back end. Because yeah, so yeah, we're kind of in the process of up. We're kind of in the process of up- upgrading right now. So. Yeah, so I basically did what I could for now. After the holidays, I'm going to do the full server migration and uh, get us current. Mm. Uh, I think a, a redesign is probably in the cards. So we will we will see. Probably discuss that over on the, on the group. Mm. Um, but beyond that, uh, what else have I been doing? Oh, yeah, character AI. I'm not sure if you, you guys have, uh, are familiar with this. Uh, but, uh, it's like, no, I think I remember a while back, Brandon, you were talking about AI Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a similar sort of thing, except this is more of a, a chatbot take on it. Yep. Uh, yeah. So you can go over there, you can make your own, uh, your own AI powered chatbot. Uh, there are some very strange ones on there. Uh, if you want to type, if you want to chat with a waifu maid, you can totally do that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of anime and uh, manga-related characters there. There's a bunch of game characters. Um, you can, uh, if you particularly feel like it, yell at Donald Trump. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah. so there's a, there's a good bit of variety there. Uh, mm-hmm. Naturally, everybody is uh, trying to find the limits of where uh, the, the AI will go. And, uh, yeah, they kind of basically have a hard no-porn policy. People have found out if you try to go there, the AI just kind of breaks. <laughs> it just goes, nope, <laughs> and just stops mm-hmm. responding. So, 
So that does kind of break break immersion a little bit, but uh, when you actually get a good conversation going with them, it's actually pretty, uh, it's actually kind of creepy. I mean, seriously, like some of them, some of the responses you can get are just uh, so accurate. It's like, wow, that's not actually a real person. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's free right now. It's very buggy um, because it's still beta. Uh, so. Check it out. Register. Try some characters. Uh, so, I mean, I wouldn't really consider it a video game, but it is a kind of a fun novelty. So, yeah, if you like uh, stuff to do with AI, give that a look at. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, also, I'm gonna actually, since uh, Chris was talking about uh, Trombone Champ uh, earlier, and it kind of got me uh, mentioning uh, that I want to kind of recommend Metal Hellsinger because that's out now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That yeah. game is awesome. So. Yeah. And uh, that's it for me. All right. So, yeah, let's get to some news here. Uh, we got some dates here coming up. Uh, first up, coming up tomorrow, November 28th. Uh, the Nintendo Switch Sports Golf update finally is out. Uh, oh. It was supposed to be out earlier this year, but they ended up pushing it here and there. And then they finally announced that it'll be out the 28th. This will include... Uh, 21 holes from Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort uh, for people to play, as well as an eight-player online survival golf mode in addition to local mm-hmm. play. So that's going to be like the bowling has like a essentially like a battle royale mode mm-hmm. uh, where people play the first two frames and then whoever has the best scores, like top eight scores or whatever, uh, they get to go on. Everybody else gets kicked out. Mm-hmm. Then you do, I think, three more... I think it might be three the first round, three, then four at the last one. Um, oh. And sort of meeting the thresholds. And I assume it's going to be the same kind of thing here. You f- try and finish the holes as quickly or, or as uh, efficiently as you can. Uh, and if you do, uh, you get to co- go on uh, until you get to the end of whatever. They probably play like eight holes or nine holes or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's going to be neat. Uh, finally get the, the best of the, the Wii Sports sports into the game yeah mm-hmm. at least as long as they're not going to get tennis in there i guess yeah mm. uh yeah that's nice probably do that eventually mm-hmm. yeah i hope so they might charge you for that though probably yeah they'll probably do a sequel yeah uh mm. but yeah there you go uh let's see starting in december ubisoft is returning to steam uh finally uh, after a few years of being away and just saying, hey, what if we just do it in our own storefront that keeps changing names? Yeah. Uh, and then we did a deal with Epic Game Store to put their stuff, put our stuff there. And like, mm. hey, what if we do Steam as well? Mm. We make all the money. <laughs> yeah. And, and people will actually be able to buy the games on a platform that they're actually on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, th- I think this one... Uh, they're doing Valhalla first as part of their first launch. Yeah, it's been long enough since they left Steam and come back that nobody has missed a, a, an Assassin's Creed game because uh, mm. Origins released on Steam, and then Valhalla is going to be out here on the sixth. Uh, Anno eighteen eighteen hundred is the other one that's coming, as well mm. as uh, Roller Champions, which is free to play. Mm. I don't know if they're all coming at the same day. It doesn't seem like it. Seems like. Valhalla is the first one on the 6th. Mm. Uh, so yeah, you'll be able to get that one. 
And uh, yeah, it's, it's a serviceable Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but I think they're putting out their final update here pretty soon, so that'll probably coincide with that. Yeah. So you can get started and play all the ridiculous amount of content they put in those games <laughs> that nobody needs. Uh, but yeah, there you go. PC mm-hmm. game coming to PC, a different PC store or storefront. Uh, let's see. Also coming out, let's see, December 7th. The next pack of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe booster courses. Mm. Uh, the, the third wave, uh, which will bring it to 24 of the 48 courses they've announced for this booster course pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll include, let's see, Tour London Loop. That comes from Mario Kart Tour. Uh, GBA Boo Lake from Mario Kart Super Circuit. Uh, 3DS Rock Rock Mountain mm. on the 3DS game, Mario Kart 7. Uh, Wii Maple Treeway from Mario Kart Wii. Uh, then you got the Moon Cup with Tour Berlin Byways with uh, another track from Mario Kart Tour. Uh, DS Peach Gardens from Mario Kart DS. Uh, Mary Mountain, that is also another Mario Kart Tour track. Mm. And let's see, 3DS Rainbow Road. So another Rainbow Road in that game from Mario mm. Kart 7. Uh, might as well just put all the Rainbow Roads in this game. Yeah, just <laughs> all of them. heading in that direction. Uh, yeah, so that's the, the next eight courses there that you'll be able to get on December 7th. Uh, if you have the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack, you can just access that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you can buy it outright for like 25 bucks, and you'll get 48 courses, which seems like a pretty decent deal if you play the game enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart 8 seems to be one of those games that just keeps getting played and played. It's just, it doesn't seem to ever die. Well, that's the game they bundled with their holiday bundle for the Switch. Always. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that is a game I think has reached 50 million units sold mm-hmm. on the Switch. And that's in addition to probably like 8 or 10. Uh, I'm just going to see what the Sales numbers X. They did just recently announce a bunch of numbers here. There we go. Nintendo.co.jp. Yeah, 48.41 million copies. And that thing is sold on a Switch. Hmm. Animal Crossing just passed 40 million, which is ridiculous for that game, especially because that's in the last two and a half years. Yeah. Whereas Mercard 8 Deluxe is like five years, I think. Yeah. Well, since uh, it was not long after Switch launched that that one came out. Hmm? I think it was later that year. Hmm. But yeah, that's... Market 8 Deluxe is almost double of Breath of the Wild. That's a 27.79. Double of Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's two games got doubled by one game. Yeah. Same market. As you say, it's also the game that uh, keeps getting bundled with the hardware. Mm. Yeah, it's the game that never goes on sale because everybody's willing to buy it for full price. Mm. I like it's been on sale for like three or four years. Yeah. yeah. If you buy a used Switch and check your past purchases, chances are you're going to find it there. Yeah, yeah. possibly. Mm. But uh, yeah, there you go. Mario Kart, the game that's, well, it hasn't been continually getting content because they just took a break for four years. Yeah. And they're like, mm. hey, what if we put out 48 courses and have the last of it come out at the end of 2023, and be like, what is that even in real time? <laughs> uh, uh, so that seems yeah, to be working go. for them. 
Yeah, and then they put it on their description service thing. Like, how would you give us fifty bucks for a twenty-five dollar DLC? Yeah, how about that. Well, to be fair, you do get other stuff with the uh, with that, but yeah. yeah. Mm. But yeah, let's see. Coming out the week after that on the December the fourteenth is Little Gator Game. That's Lil like L I L. Yeah. Uh, this seems to be falling into the Untitled Goose Game and just give it a dumb little name and whatever. Yeah, and this is Platonic. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. Platonic publishing it. Yeah. Uh, developers Mega Wobble. Yeah. I don't know if they've made anything else, uh, but they. This might be their own their first game. Yeah. Uh, but this is like a, a 3D action platformer kind of thing. Yeah. Just run around uh, exploring this island, making friends, crafting stuff. Uh, you know. Having fun. Sort of like the... Oh, what is that game that came out a little while ago? Um, let me see if I can find it, what it's called. Uh, a Short Hike is kind of that... Seems like that's kind of style of game. Okay. Uh, this one does have some bad guys in it you can fight. Uh, that one's just kind of like, oh, you just explore around and fly around, and then you find stuff and do things and whatever. You'll have fun along the way. Uh, but yeah, this one, you play a little gator dude uh, with a sword and shield or a stick and shield uh, yeah. going around fighting enemies and all that kind of stuff. And these are cardboard baddies. So, yeah. you know. Probably one of the cutest art styles I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it looks real nice. So that mm. could be a good a good little indie game to get uh, for the holidays to play. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there you go. One to keep an eye on. I uh, don't know if they have a price for it just yet. Oh, yeah, I'll nominate, nominate this game for a Steam Award, even though it's not out yet. Mm. The Steam Awards I hate, because you can only nominate one game for one award. Yeah. Whereas I'd be like, no, this fits like four awards, but I can only give it one. Mm. I guess that forces there to be more variety, but also forces games to not get nominated for things they deserve. Yeah. Again, it's not like the Steam Awards really matter for anything. No, they're just part still, of the sale. Yeah. But still, hmm. uh, yeah, there you go. Hmm. Uh, that's all the dates we have. Uh, but next up, we got Sony's China Hero Project, their big initiative to get more games out of China into the rest of the world. Uh, that's mm-hmm. done pretty well. Had stuff like, uh, let's see, Animal Force, Anno Mutation M, Fist mm-hmm. Forged in Shadow Torch, Hardcore Mecha, Immortal Legacy and Nightmare and the Walker, among others. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're about to hit their third phase, much like the MCU. They have phases. Uh, and they're planning at least 10 titles in this phase, uh, including part of this announcement is that they are publishing Lost Soul Aside, yep. which is one of their most high-profile games they had in this wave. Yeah. That is a really good-looking action game. Yeah. Uh, that I think was originally being announced for the PS4, and they're like, yeah, no, no, no we're, we're making this on PS5 as well. Yeah, this was uh, that game. This was uh, a game that sort of became famous simply because it was a guy who, basically, a Chinese dude who was—I can't remember if he was like in somewhere in South Korea or something—and he saw like the preview trailers for Final Fantasy Fifteen, and he was like, "That looks awesome. I should try doing that." And yeah, he did. I think he was in like college or something and working out of his bedroom at the time. Yeah, and he ended up like making a 
sort of digital portfolio that he turned into like a a kind of cinematic trailer, you know, with uh, made up of both original and like found assets. And yeah. like as soon as it went online, it just made a bunch of noise, and immediately like he was getting calls from Sony. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think the PS5 and PS4 were the only platforms that had been announced on. Yeah, yeah. which makes uh, sense since Sony's bankrolling right now. Yeah. So it makes sense that Sony rolled up and said, like, hey, what if we just publish you and make sure this gets all the funding it needs? Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that looks really nice. Uh, they're also publishing Convalaria, uh, which is a multiplayer shooter mm-hmm. uh, that they are. Uh, this other studio, Long Force is developing uh, for PS5 and PS4. Uh, Let's see. How do they describe it here? Blending PvP and PvE. Players travel through a unique world in which science fiction and fantasy intertwine, which has never been done before. Uh, Players seek to reconstruct digital distant memories from a long forgotten past. Uh, Let's see. They'll be able to work together to take down large bosses. They leverage a diverse collection of weapons and combat styles. Uh, They'll also be able to go head-to-head with up to... 100 fellow combatants as they seek to complete missions and secure resources in an openly hostile game world. Mm-hmm. So that could be neat. Oh, uh, yeah. Very kind well, of Destiny-ish kind of thing. Yeah. Of those two, I know which one I'll be playing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, these are two of the 10-plus the games that are coming in the this next wave of China Hero Project titles. Uh and these are the two that they were sort of most impressed by and decided to publish themselves. Yep. Uh, so they can help make sure they get the all the resources they need. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. That's China's becoming a big part of the industry. Uh, yep. Yeah. Sony's been there pretty early on to foster that. Yeah. Uh, which is why they have Genshin Impact and its toxic as hell community, but they spend mm-hmm. a lot of money and time in that game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, for that, and uh, there's a bunch of other stuff that's happening around there. Uh, that's why Microsoft is especially kind of trying to catch up as best they can. Yep. They're because they are way behind. Oh yes, they are. Very, very much so. Yeah, they sold 3.5 million of PS4s in China. They sold mm-hmm. about 670,000 PS5s. Uh, they're planning to sell at least twice as many PS5 units as PS4 units. Mm. So yeah, there you go. Third phase. Mm. Got some neat stuff there. Mm. Uh, Speaking of Xbox, uh, they are uh, following up. Hyperkin is on the Duke controller. They did a while back. Yeah. Uh, Mm. That's was very much a nostalgia thing. Uh, yeah. So they're kind of following that up with saying, let's let's do the Xbox 360 controller, do like a new version of that yeah. uh, for, I guess, the Xbox Series X and S, yeah. uh, and as well as PC, uh, which is a bit of a weird thing because this is wired still, yeah, uh, much like the Duke. Uh, not even wired in the way that the original Xbox 360 controller could be, uh, yeah. which had like a break-apart control uh, cable. Yeah, this one just uh, has USB-C. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, the one they're showing here just it kind of looks like a knockoff 360 controller. Yeah, which is basically what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh but it, it is officially licensed for that. 
Yeah. It has the the three main buttons that the the new Xbox controllers have, the whatever the the boxes, the hamburger button and the share button. Yeah. Uh that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh centered around the big Xbox button there. Uh so yeah, if you for whatever reason want to go back to that D pad and that style of sticks and all that, maybe it's better materials at this point mm-hmm. than what they would have used back then. But yeah, that's uh, well, that's, that's the one thing I hope that they do change with the with that controller is the D pad at least make it feel better because holy crap yeah it was terrible oh yeah god yes sticks were great but oof. oh yeah still sticks were amazing it was the but the that D pad yeah just, yeah just just change it just rip it out and put something new in please yeah yeah which they ended up doing on the Xbox 360 yeah they put that twisting one. Yeah, it was supposed to be better. I never got one of those, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one looks like the original D pad. I don't know how it feels in the. Yeah. Maybe much quieter than the Xbox uh, newer Xbox controllers are. Mm. Those things love yeah. to click. Mm. Uh, well, if uh, you know, if the price is right, I might pick one up just out of curiosity's sake, because I, I I like interesting hardware. But it's kind of yeah. Yeah, there's no date or price, but I guess the the Duke controller they did was about seventy bucks. Yeah, so but that had a screen and stuff on it, so yeah, I maybe this, this would be, be too expensive. Yeah, you know, a little yeah. bit cheaper. Hmm. Uh, it seems like they'll have pink, white, black, and red co- uh, colors for this. Hmm. So we'll see what that looks like in its final form whenever that's out sometime next year. I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I have to kind of give uh, uh, props to Hyperkin because their quality has actually improved considerably over the years. Um, they used to be god awful. Now they're actually pretty good. I wouldn't uh, don't mind actually using their controllers these days. Yeah, I kind of wish Microsoft was less stingy with their wireless stuff, so they could have these kind of controllers be wireless as well. Yeah, uh, that's maybe the the big issue that they have. Yeah, that's a licensing thing, and the fact uh, to do uh, that it costs the company quite a bit. So that uh, you know requires them to make a controller that costs more. So that's probably why it's going to be wired. Yeah, I think that's just a way to just kill off the third-party market. Yeah, uh, much like Sony too. has also done. Hmm. Nintendo hasn't done it quite as much, though. Those controllers are very iffy, as well. Like. Does it have rumble? Does it have, you know, this feature, that feature? Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. Or it's like, are these ones that are cheaper, cheap for a reason? Yep. Uh, that's why I think 8 just put out an ultimate controller that is a, like, full Switch controller that has all the features in it. Yeah. Amiibo and HD rumble and all that stuff. Gyro Ooh. and all that. Yeah. And uh, it's expensive, but... Uh... Yeah. Also, it's probably the only Switch controller that won't ever stick drift. Yeah, I think it has the the Hall effect sticks. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same price as the Pro controller. Yeah. That's Nintendo this gen. Like, what if we give you a seventy dollar controller and it's not great? Yeah. Or you could give Eight Bit Do seventy bucks and they'll do one uh, properly. <laughs> yeah, I have the what the any was it SN thirty Pro Plus. Yeah, that's basically like what if we mashed a Super Nintendo controller and a uh, PlayStation controller? Yeah, together and it's real good. And yep. It's like forty bucks, fifty bucks. Yeah, about that. Yeah. I have the I have the M30 for my uh, 
Mega SG and the SN30 for my uh, Super NT. And yeah, they're great controllers. Right? But Doe makes good stuff. Yeah. One real annoyance I have with modern controllers is that you can't plug them in to charge them while you're using them. So then they're just like, what? No, we're not, we're not controllers anymore. We're charging. Yeah, <laughs> that is kind of a problem. I was like, no, I just needed this to work for a little longer. Mm. I was like, all right, screw it. I'll just stop playing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's your latest update on potentially interesting new controllers. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's get to some sales news as we have two of the big releases for this month have yeah. been the biggest uh, launches in their company's histories. Yeah. Uh, first up here is God of War Ragnarok. Uh, mm-hmm. Sold 5.1 million units in its first week. Yep. Yep. The fastest selling first party launch game in PlayStation history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is huge for them. Yeah. But Sony absolutely positively needs Call of Duty on the platform because uh, they're dead without it. Mm. Yeah. I think Microsoft put out a statement like, see, nobody likes Call of Duty really because <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't get as high reviews as other games. And it's like, no, there's. You have the sales numbers to say that that's bullshit. Yeah, uh, they're both just whining to get the regulators to stop criticizing them. Yeah, it's it's, it's weird because it's like uh, Sony is overplaying it, and Microsoft is underplaying it, and the truth is kind of always somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, there's a lot of drama around that stuff. Whenever new comments come out, people get upset about it. It's like you're not part of this acquisition. Stop getting upset. Yeah. Stop stop treating it like it's internet drama that you have to be invested in versus yeah. it's huge corporations that are trying to argue for things to not change or change in a way that benefits them. Yeah. yeah. So only will be fine without Call of Duty, but they won't have to be without Call of Duty because Microsoft doesn't really care that much. <laughs> yeah. At least for this one. Yeah. Uh, I guess all Kotaku goes by like them being like, Here's the range of games and how they uh, fit the multi-platform or exclusive thing. And they're like, yeah, there's these niche Fallout 76, which has like 11 million monthly players. That's niche. Nobody cares about that. So that gets to be on everything. But then new stuff like Starfield, that's unproven. It's like, no, it's not, you fucking idiots. (laughs) It's a Bethesda (laughs) title. That's that's the next Skyrim, you idiots. Yeah. You're trying to act like it's, it's just a small passion project nobody cares it's like pentiment it's like no it's not fucking trillion dollar company yeah wow. so yeah but yeah god of war did do it really well yeah for as much as people mm-hmm. were like thinking the it being on ps4 was going to hinder it it's like no it did incredibly well it probably because yeah people who still have ps4s and can't get ps5s right now yeah mm-hmm. and it's the yeah. featured bundle right now is the god of war ragnarok ps5 bundle Hmm. Uh, that's yeah. still available in some places for people to get. I've been hearing people be like, oh yeah, I got the PS5. It was in the, the God of War Ragnarok bundle. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's like, yep, that helps. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's like weird because um, you know, Ragnarok is one of those uh, games where some very, and I'm trying to not be spoilery because some very very bad shit happens early in this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's about. I mean, it's literally about Ragnarok. Like Ragnarok yeah. is the basic. Ragnarok 
is literally the end of traditional Norse mythology, yeah. basically. And uh, yeah. so, of course, it's going to be awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, there's a talking squirrel. Yeah. yeah there's there's also that. There's so. that. Yeah, this one has a bit more jokiness to it, hmm. which I guess some yeah. people don't like. But I'm like, no, Sindri and Brock were one of the best parts of the original game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love the way that uh, Kratos and Atreus walk into their house, and Brock's like, "What the hell is this? This isn't this isn't the sun I saw, you know, mm-hmm. years ago. He's a fucking tree now." <laughs> yeah, it's, being, it's like, all right, we'll get these fuckers some new armor, mm. uh, kind of thing. It's yeah. hilarious, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a great game. Mm. Uh, yeah. In comparison's sake, they announced 3.1 million copies sold for the original God of War in the first three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, following its launch on PS4 uh, about four and a half years ago. So, yeah. uh, following up a strong launch for that as well. So, yeah, there you go. PlayStation's yeah. fastest selling game. Yeah. 10 million copies probably will happen fairly, fairly quickly with this one. Yeah, especially yeah. in a holiday season that uh, doesn't have a ton of other big games. Yeah. At least on PlayStation. Uh, but yeah, Nintendo said, "Hey, what if uh, we put out our own game, uh, and that becomes the best-selling game uh, we've ever put out?" Yeah, it's Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, uh, s- broke ten million copies, I think. Yeah, yep. uh, uh, around the world in their opening week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is a huge number, and is ironic because it's the game that people are complaining about the most because it's them doing like a fully open world Pokemon game. And it yeah. seems like that has stretched their engine to its absolute limits. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, a good apparently. news, bad news thing. It's like, uh, yeah. the good news is we have four-player co-op for the first time in a Pokemon game and people are really into yeah. that. The bad news is it's completely broken at, at places. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, apparently the game just keeps freaking crashing. Like, but, uh, you know, yeah. yeah, it's there's also uh there's also a kind of a two controller exploit you can do. I'm not sure if you're yeah. aware of that one. No, uh, I don't have the game, so I don't no. I don't pay attention. I just hear all the people <laughs> complaining about weird stuff as well as uh all yeah. the, the weird bugs they get. Like Pokemon mm-hmm. falling through the ground and <laughs> Yeah. Like uh, yeah, that, that's that's that happens like in Assassin's open world unity all over again. Yep. Yeah, you have a big open world, it's hard to QA everything in it. Yeah, yeah. Like I did that. When, I did know, that in Nintendo Saints Row. Doesn't give them a good budget. Yeah, yeah, I did that in Saints Row, where I, I just drove around. Uh, did a drift into a stop to go pick up a collectible, and my character, as soon as he got out of the car, just fell through the ground, and I could see everything from under the ground. <laughs> nice. I was like, well, that went exactly. Now I gotta start all over again, wherever it's gonna put me back when I restart the game. Mm-hmm. kind of thing, but yeah. Uh, let's see, Pokemon Sword and Shield sold 2 million copies in its first two days. Yep. And the fifth best-selling game ever on the Switch, so this seems like it's got a really strong start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with sales um, numbers like this, well, yeah, they're going to fix the they're going to fix the issues, trust me. Um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Uh this this is definitely a good uh thing that tells them like, hey, people don't really care about it too much mm. uh, oh here's the, the thing i don't know about it until they actually buy it yeah yeah <laughs> well people know about it now they they're still buying it, it. and they're still buying it so yeah yeah 
Uh, but yeah, that's going to be like, take that money and invest it into overhauling your engine. Yeah. Especially because you're going to be having new, more powerful Nintendo hardware sometime in the next couple of years. Yeah. You should maybe want to be ready for that. Yeah. Instead of this, I would not be surprised this engine was like a 3DS engine that they have just stretched along for this. Probably is. (laughs) It's just like, ah, we just have a little more hardware to it. Uh, A little more RAM and then we'll be okay. Mm Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, it looks pretty good at times, but there's just plenty of times where it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, cause... It's like, why is this, why is this uh, mm. game using uh, 100 gigabytes of RAM? Oh, wait. Mm. <laughs> we don't have that much RAM. <laughs> yeah. 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 That is kind of, that's one of the reasons. Yeah, that's and right. something else, something else that somebody brought up to me is, so obviously, you know, it's a open world game which means that the engine has to generate um a lot of npcs right um and like i don't know if it's true now they may have updated it ever but for the first like few days people noticed that for the npcs there was an inordinate amount of like extremely muscular buff women that would show up in the in for the NPC, so for, for some weird reason, it was like, and somebody was like, wow, this game really managed to satisfy someone's very, very specific fetish. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we'll have to see what sort of updates they offer for this game, because yeah, mm-hmm. like Breath of the Wild had issues at launch, not as much as this. Um but they didn't really fix a ton of them. They just kind of made it, you know, a little bit better, smoothed yeah. it, smoothed out the rough edges. But you can still find them in there. Yeah. Uh, at a certain point, though. Yeah. Well, some of, of the, these are game breaking, so I mean, they really do have to sort yeah. them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though I always wonder about bug videos like this stuff. Is like, is this really from the game, or is this person using an emulator on the PC and that's introducing its own bugs? So I forget what game that was, maybe Metroid Dread or something like that. People yeah. are having issues with it, and then people saw like, oh yeah, you're using Yuzu or whatever on the PC. Yeah. Of course, that's not going to run as well, uh, or it might introduce more bugs to it than is actually on the game itself. Yeah, well, I have seen some that were uh, like just straight off of the Switch's screen recorded with a camera, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. Mm. Pokemon sold really well, and uh, they should use some of that money to upgrade their engine. Yeah, uh, they can afford it. Mm. Mm. But uh, yeah, let's get to our final story of the week. Uh, there was that whole big medium post uh, that Mick Gordon put out that explained a lot of the reasons why the uh, Marty Sutton uh, Reddit post, big post that put a lot of the blame for the soundtrack issues on Mm. McGordon two years ago, why that was kind of bullshit. Uh, A lot of behind the scenes politics and uh, deals and shitty, shitty big business taking advantage of a contractor kind of stuff. Uh, Yeah. And this like 14,000 word scribe. You're like, damn, you've been busy Mm. making sure you get everything lined up in this. Um, and then Bethesda responded on a Twitter post, uh, not really responding to it so much, saying, The recent post by Mick Gordon both mischaracterized and misrepresented the team at id Software, the development of Doom Eternal, 
Marty Stratton and Chad Mossholder with a one-sided unjust account of an irreparable professional relationship. First off, the wrong thing here is he addressed all of this post to Marty Sutton or Marty Stratton. And Mm -hmm. so them bringing in these other people, like the entire team and all this, like he wasn't talking shit about any of them. Yeah. He he hates Marty. Number one uh, for, you know, not keeping to the deals that they had and all that. Uh, They continue here. We are aware of all the details and history in this matter and unequivocally support Marty, Chad and the team at its software. We reject the distortion of the truth and selective presentation of incomplete, quote-unquote, facts. We stand ready with full and complete documented evidence to disclose an inappropriate venue as needed. That's them saying, if you really feel bad, take it to court and we'll fuck you up because we're a huge corporation. Mm. Um, let's see. The statements posted online have incited harassment and threats of violence against Marty, Chad, and the software team. Any threats of harassment directed toward members of our teams will be met with swift and appropriate action to protect their health and safety. Here's the thing. Uh, Mick absolutely says do not harass people or anything because mm-hmm. of this, but mm-hmm. people on the internet are idiots and will take any yes. opportunity they can to attack people for any unjust whatever mm-hmm. stupidity they have. Uh, so there's that's let's see the end of here. We remain incredibly proud of Id's previous collaborations with Mick Gordon and ask that fans mm-hmm. refrain from reaching conclusions based on his account. And more importantly, from attacking any of the individuals mentioned on either side, including Marty, Chad, or Mick. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to be the bigger man there. And it's like nobody directed anybody to harass people. And also Marty Stratton's uh, original Reddit posts invoked a lot of harassment on Mick Gordon yeah. uh, back then. And so, what I'm saying is it's incredibly stupid that people harass other people over drama stuff yeah. in the first place. Like, shut the fuck up. You're not a vital part of anything here. Yeah. This is all business partners quarreling and harassment's <laughs> not gonna change anything. No. Ask Helena Taylor. I'm sure uh, yeah. I'm sure she has a few things to say. Yeah. yeah. It's it just makes the the people uh, on the sidelines here, following the drama, just looks super pathetic. But mm-hmm. but that's also said. Hey, what if we put out a statement here that looks really bad? It makes us look pathetic and petty. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that's. That, I'm sure that's been working out really well for them. Yeah, um, you know. But I, if coming down to it, uh, I would probably believe Nick over Marty if uh, if I had to make that choice. Yeah. Because I played Doom Eternal and it is an absolute clusterfuck. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of his points were about, you know, having zero communication with, you know, Marty and their mm-hmm. business people about, you know, potentially doing like a physical soundtrack and how to take a soundtrack that's made for a game where it's, you know, uh, it's in smaller chunks to play up in certain situations and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Turn how to turn into it. Yeah. And it's like, well, you need the composer to go through this. And apparently they asked him to do it the last minute and then also had somebody internally that was doing it anyway, without any of his involvement in that, which is a really shitty thing to do Yeah, to a person that's making your soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. We want you to make a, you know, a a physical soundtrack for this, but we're not going to, we're not going to fully trust you. We're going to have somebody internally do it as well. And then we'll pick whoever we like more. Uh, Cause that always works out well with creative. 
people. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Bethesda just has a long history of trying to screw over people. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially just using their lawyers to bully people because they happen to have games named similarly to theirs. Yeah. That have no similarity gameplay-wise or anything. No. As well as marketing and all that. I just, yeah. It's it's really interesting that uh, even now under Microsoft, Bethesda is still up to this. Although yeah. well, in 2020, they actually weren't under Microsoft. So who knows what's going on there? Yeah, but now they're under the Microsoft banner, but they're still independent in that yeah. way. And I would I would assume Activision Blizzard would go under the same way. Yeah. And then it's yeah. like, if you want your examples of why going to Microsoft might not change much of anything here, <laughs> there here you go. go. Here's <laughs> Bethesda. Yeah. They're basically the same other than just having a different, like it's under the vaults umbrella of Microsoft. Yeah. Maybe, um, uh, yeah. Maybe Microsoft needs to be a little bit more hands-on with stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Phil Spencer is kind of stretched a little thin right now. Yeah. They'll mm. definitely get rid of like execs at uh, Activision Blizzard. Cause that'll be part of the deal. Yeah. If they fire Bobby Kotick out of a cannon, that'd be uh, a good start. Yeah. But it'll have a, a nice golden parachute to keep him safe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he can pay his way back to wherever he needs to go. Mm. Uh, so yeah, like the execs hand off their ownership of the company and then Microsoft takes control and they can just keep the structure as is. So they'll probably mm. at least not turn every non uh, Activision or Call of Duty studio into a Call of Duty studio. Yeah. Maybe, you know, uh, let them make some games that they actually want to make. Yeah, make Call of Duty a three-year franchise instead of a yearly. You know, just make those games be special again. Although I don't know, like, how much you can really do there because they're they're at this point they're recycling titles. Yeah. Uh, so I need. I, I I mean they haven't done Call of Duty Baby Warfare yet, so there's there's yeah. that. Yeah, though their Modern Warfare remakes have essentially been their most positive ones, uh, which says a lot about their other games. <laughs> like, hey, we do World War II, and then nobody likes it. And then we did World War II again, and still nobody likes it. Huh, what's the problem here? Yeah, well... That's kind of the same problem that EA has with uh, Battlefield. Battlefield, where they're like, what do we do with the new game? We'll make it 128 players, even though nobody wants that. Mm. Yeah. So because we, we have to make the maps so huge to accommodate mm-hmm. that, and when people play versions of those maps for sixty-four players, it's like I have never seen anybody for five minutes. What the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just now starting to turn it around with that series, yeah, or with that new game. So yeah, so yeah. Good luck, Nick. Uh, yeah, your music is awesome. Just want to say mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I wonder if Keeley will have them on the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. As a, a big F you to Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like he had Kojima on after he got forced out of Konami. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be like, hey, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> That's a thing we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to announce any games. We're just going to talk about his podcast because he's really excited about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, that whole situation, Bethesda really fucked it up. Yeah. Oh, yes, they, they did. It seems like as many ways as they could to alienate Mick Gordon, who's one of the chief reasons that Doom did so well. Yeah. Because he brought in a soundtrack that 
really nailed the vibe of what Doom was. Yeah, and like let, let's be honest, uh, the Mick Gordon soundtrack in Doom Eternal was the only reason I kept playing it. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, that's uh, that's also another big issue. They tried too much with the sequel. Yeah, uh, there was too many systems in there. Yeah, where now I'm thinking. If I do go back to it, I'm just going to like put it on easy and just try and deal with it that way. I don't know that, that it has enough. That's a game that could really use like accessibility settings that could maybe let you turn off some things yeah. about it. Yeah, the accessibility um, settings in that game are just, are just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that's just a lot of just control option kind of things versus ways of tweaking the game. Mm. Uh, that's one of the things I like about God of War Ragnarok. I just have it set where... I just run Kratos over to a thing and he picks it up. Yeah. I don't have to sit here and pick it all up, which is funny when I beat bigger enemies and they pop out like three things and Kratos just stomping on the ground for five seconds. <laughs> it's like, God, oh, I need these things. Uh, it makes it a lot easier when I'm running around where I'm like, oh, do I need health? No, he doesn't want to pick it up. Okay, yeah. I'm good. Uh, which is all good in the, the heat of combat. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I need a run thing. There's a green thing. Do I need green thing? No, no, I need red thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's good. Uh, but yeah, Bethesda did a lot better with Deathloop with their accessibility stuff. Mm. Uh, so that's good. Hopefully that parlays into uh, what it does next. Mm. Yeah, Starfield and Redfall. I think that's yeah. their other game. Yeah, that's the kind of reminds me of Left 4 Dead. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that game's weird. The way it's been portrayed as like a co-op uh, focused game, and they're like. Now, if you play it single player, it's like Prey. Like, what? Mm. How does that work? <laughs> like two games. Yeah. Mm. It's like, okay. Because you're definitely not going to have four people being weird, uh, uh, immersive sim people no. in a game. That's going to be shooty bang bang time. Yep. But uh, yeah, that is going to do it for this week, though. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's good to have Phil back, uh, especially Thanks. with. Dan Reb out for a couple of weeks here as he's doing some holiday trip stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to uh, the game awards. So that won't be, that'll be after the next show. Uh, yeah, that'll be December, the first week yep. of December. Uh, yeah. We'll be doing that on the fourth and then we'll have the game awards recap on the following Sunday. Yeah. On the 11th. Yeah. And then, then we're going to be fucked after that. Cause New Year's and Christmas are on Sunday, so we'll have to probably rejigger some podcast scheduling. Yeah. For mm-hmm. those, or at least the one week. Uh, we probably won't do anything for the week of Christmas. Yeah. Uh, so we'll let everybody take a break and get our Game of the Year stuff nailed down. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the, the schedule here coming up. Uh, but, yeah, thank you to Brandon Dan- or Filippo for joining this week. Always. Uh, We'll be back next week with a new slate of news. If you enjoy the show, feel free to let your friends and family know about the podcast. Uh, and they should check it out and uh, remind people in Georgia that they can go vote early in some con- yep. some counties. Conveniently, yeah. all the red counties said no voting early. That's a smart move. While the blue counties get all the young people out now while they're in town for Thanksgiving vacation. Mm-hmm. Really smart move, Republicans. Yeah, uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, that's still another week off. Still, mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing's happening next week. Yeah, 
Uh, but yeah, thank you all for tuning in. We hope you have a good week ahead and we'll see you all next time. Goodbye.